and a very good morning to each and every one. Very glad that everyone remembered to spring forward today. March the 13th in the year of our Lord 2022, blessed are we to be able to congregate in the Lord's house this first day of the week. A song, uh, a scripture of encouragement, let's read together from Philippians 1, 9 through 11. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. To God Almighty God, we do so humbly bow before you, Father. We thank you for all the blessings you shower on us every day of our life. And we thank you so much for Jesus, the life he led, the death he suffered for our sins. And we thank you so much for that, Father, that was given out of love that we will never be able to match. Father, we have a lot of turmoil in the world today, and we need your help. Please be with the people of their Ukraine. Keep as many of them safe as you possibly can. And let us help us find some way to get involved to the point that we can end that conflict. It's just so unnecessary. 
And Father, we have many in our number who need your healing hand. We thank you for Rita's improvement with her leg. We're so happy about that. She's suffered long. There are many others that need your healing hand. So please, Father, heal us. Heal our country. Heal the world of COVID-19. Let us get back to what we had before and thought of as our normal way of life, where we could openly congregate without fear, where we could worship you anytime we gathered together. So please, Father, help us get back to that point. That is our desire. Father, be with us now as we go through this service. Help us put the cares of the world out of our mind and concentrate on you, Jesus, and the scriptures. All these prayers we ask in the name of your Son and our Savior, Jesus. Amen. Our next song will help prepare our minds for observance of the Lord's Supper. everybody all right let me tell you a quick story before we get started 
And I watched these two guys arguing, arguing about an issue. It went from calmly talking to just, just yelling at each other. And uh, when I took him aside and I talked to him, what became the overlying thing was both of them had completely forgot what they were arguing about, but the premise was to win the argument. So that's why they kept on going. In that message, lead with love. Love, being open-minded, being willing to listen, means so much more than winning an argument or winning a fight. Strive to be Christ-like, just as he did. He lived with love. He let his light shine as we should do each and every moment, each and every breath of our life. Take that time to let your light shine and lead by example. It's not always about what you say, it's about what you do. As we get started with the Lord's Supper, really make that your focus. I'll read a passage real quick. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had, gave thanks. He broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us bow. Father, you blessed us with your son. Led that life, was that example for everyone. He did it. Father, we are all sinners. That you keep your arm reached out to us in love. Strength to have faith in you above all. Strength to leave our, lead our lives and be Christ-like. Strive to do the right thing. With each opportunity, make a positive difference. As we take this bread, let's think of what Jesus Christ went through on the cross for us. That love, that undying love that he endured for us. Name of the Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior and King. Amen. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whoever, whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim that the Lord's death until he comes. Let us bow. Father, thinking of all Jesus endured during his life, doing the right thing, making statements, standing for you, Father, humbling himself, going through so much for all of us. That blood, that blood that he shed there on the cross, shed in pain, shed in love. Let us remember that as we go through our lives, that's the forefront. Give it all, all in love. In the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, 
our Lord and Savior and King. Amen. Separate and apart from the Lord's Supper, we take this time to give back to our Lord and Savior for all that has been given to us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for the many blessings that you so richly bless us with. We're especially thankful, Father, for this building that we have to meet, meet in and to be here with our brothers and sisters in Christ and to share in the love that we have for one another. We're so thankful, Father, for the blessings of our homes and our jobs, and especially our families, Father. And we pray that you will continue to keep them safe. And Father, we also pray that you will continue to keep this country safe. Heavenly Father, we're especially thankful for your Son and our Savior Jesus, and for him going to that cruel cross of Calvary so that we might have hope of eternal life, which is a true blessing. Heavenly Father, we're also thankful for the, the ministers here and for the elders, and we pray that you would give them wisdom so that they may lead us in the paths of righteousness. Heavenly Father, we, we pray that you would help us to purpose in our hearts to give back to you in a cheerful manner and that those funds might be used to help further your work here in Titusville. We pray all this in Christ's name, amen. Good morning. Today's scripture is from Romans chapter 3, verses 21 through 24. But now a righteousness from God, apart from the law, has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. At this time, our children, second grade and under, can be dismissed. Shall we stand for our song before the lesson? I serve a risen Savior, he's in the world today. I know that he is
see everybody. I, I got up this morning being the pessimist and told Sue it, you had to turn your clocks forward. Uh, I've had members everywhere I've ever gone that when you turn the clocks forward they show up at the old time. And then when you turn it back they showed up at the wrong time. I had one friend Henry Van who used to say you know you messed with the clocks. But on top of that, spring break. So we are very glad that you are here. What a great turnout. This week, in the book of Galatians, we're going to look at just 10 verses. But it is a discussion class. And since we messed with and uh, it is spring break, if you can come, we would really appreciate you. So uh, think about coming Wednesday night. And then tonight, the topic will be out of many one. We'll be talking about unity in the church. But this morning, Romans 14, Romans 4, 13 through 19. For the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if it is the right, if it is the inheritance of the law who are to be heirs, faith is null, and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. Let me read that one more time. For the law brings wrath. But where there is no law, there is no transgression. That is why it depends on faith. In order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only the inheritance, of the law, but also the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. That is, it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead 
and calls into existence the things that do not exist. In hope he believed against hope that he should become the father of B. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead. Since he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. Would you pray with me, please? Father, we, we come before you this morning as your people, looking for your ways and your directions so that our lives can be pleasing to you. Father, help us learn the power of faith. And I ask you to help me get out of the way so that people can find you and your plan and depend on it. Thank you for Jesus. I pray in his name. Amen. This comes, from, this comes from John Ortberg's book. If you want to walk on water, you have to get out of the boat. The decision to grow always involves choice between risk and comfort. This means to be a follower of Jesus, you must renounce comfort as the ultimate value of your life. And sobering, that's sobering news to most of us because we're into comfort. But water walkers, master failure. Did Peter fail? Failure is not an event, but rather a judgment about an event. Failure is not something that happens to us or labeled and attached to things. It is the way we think about outcomes. So did Peter fail? Well, I suppose in one way he did. His faith wasn't strong enough. His doubts were stronger. He saw the wind and he took his eyes off where they should have been and he sank. If you want to call that failure, he failed. But here's what I think. There were 11 bigger failures sitting in a boat. They failed quietly. They failed privately. Their failure was pretty well unnoticed, unobserved, uncriticized. Only Peter knew the sting of public failure. But only Peter knew two other things as well. 
Only Peter knew the glory of walking on water. He alone knew what it was to attempt to do what he was not able to do on his own. Then the feeling of euphoria, of being empowered by God to do and actually walk on water. You see, once you walk on water, you never forget it. Not for the rest of your life. That's what Romans is trying to get us to see. He's trying to get us to understand what faith is all about. He's trying to get us to be people who say, man, I don't have a comfort because my faith drives me to try new stuff. He starts off with the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world and it couldn't come through law, but there'd be a righteousness of faith. Now, if the adherents of the law were to be heirs, then he says faith is void. What's he talking about? Faith is void. If I can do it, if I have the power to do it in and of my own strength, I don't need faith. I don't have faith when I get on a bicycle. Everybody else starts praying in my neighborhood, but I think I've got that thing conquered. I know how to ride a bike. Don't worry about it. I'm good. But give me something like riding a unicycle and things change. I can't do that by myself. That's what he's talking about. If Abraham could have just pulled this off by himself, he didn't need faith. But he couldn't. And neither can you keep the law. So if you're trying to do this by your abilities and what you can do and keep all the, ring, all the rules that you need to keep, if you can live that kind of life then there's no, but where there, then there's wrath. But where there is no law, there is no transgression. I like this. Because the word literally means to draw a line and step over it. Now, back when I was a child, we, I watched westerns because my dad liked westerns, so I didn't have any say. But there was one particular one that I liked, and I remember. He drew a line in the sand, the guy with the guns, and he sat back and he says, cross that line and I'll shoot you. And a lady who was, he was talking to just stepped over it. So he stepped back and he drew another line, and he says, step over that line and I'll shoot you. This went on for about five minutes, and every time she stepped over a line, he drew another line. When you get into faith, 
There is no line. There is no line that if I step over that, you are lost eternally. If you do that, then you've done something that we just can't, we just can't do. And the way Paul proves it is amazing. You see, this blessing of being the foundation of the world and having all these children and, and looking up and seeing the stars and the sand on the earth, and he says, you're going to have children that much? That started way back in Genesis chapter 12, and it's mentioned over and over and over because Abraham had a hard time believing it. But when did the people of Israel receive the law of Moses? Well, it had been a little while. I looked up nine different commentators. The low number of the nine is 430 years, and I think I know where he got that. Israel was in Egypt for 430 years. But there's a lot that had happened before that, and there was a lot that happened after that. The high number was 700 years. So this law of Moses is 700 years, or between 430 and 700 years. And we are to believe that's what saves us. It never fulfilled the prophet, see. It never was there. God had said over and over and over again, listen, you're going to have to have big faith that we're going to carry this off. And Abraham knew that. That God's people could not be their people because of the, of the law. You can't keep it. And when the promises were made to Abraham, the only condition to bring him about was faith. The adherents to the law, if they can earn it, it's void. For the law brings wrath. Where there is no law, there is no transgression. There's not this drawing of the line. And when you mess up, you step back and you have to draw another line because you couldn't keep that one. So you keep stepping back and stepping back and stepping back and stepping back. Because that's who we are. We're sinners that fall short of the glory of God. And God decided he knew that when he made us and he decided to give us another way. That is why it depends, underline that word if you have your Bibles out, it depends on faith. In order that the promise may rest on grace, and be guaranteed to all his offsprings, not only to the inheritance of the law, but to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, 
who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence things that did not exist. He's referring to what happened back in Exodus 17 when God says, you're going to have a son. And Abraham laughs because he's nearly 100 years old and Sarah's 90. I used to visit the maternity wards a lot. I've never seen anybody that old have children. Physically, it was impossible. But God says, you will become the father of many nations. So shall your offspring be. The offspring that were around for the 430 to 700 year period before Israel got a law, that offspring, he did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which is as good as dead. Since he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. Now I'm going to do something because I'm not going to be up here a whole lot anymore. I'm going to find out. And that is, I want you to understand baptism. We. We kind of get different messages out there. But I want you to see how it's a matter of faith. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We were there buried with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. Now underline this. We too might walk in newness of life. Well, what does that mean? It means when you decide that you want to be baptized, you're deciding to put your faith in God to change your life so that you're not the same person that you were before you were baptized. You come out of there and you are different. Stay with me. We've got to do this fast so I'm not over time. The Amplified said, are you ignorant of the fact that all of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, we too might live and behave in newness of life. When Christ came out of the grave, he was different. When we come out of the watery grave, we are different. Why? Not because we've done anything, but because God has done something. For if we become one with him by sharing a death like his, we shall also be one with him in sharing his resurrection by a new life 
live for God. Things changed when you were baptized. You went in a person that was very selfish. You came out a perfect who was totally different. For as many of you, this is Galatians, as were baptized into Christ, into a spiritual union and communion with Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, and have put on or clothed yourselves with Christ. There is now no distinction, neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free. There is not male or female, for you are all one in Christ. You went in, just a person. You came out different because you then had a spiritual union with Christ that you didn't have before. As I was growing up, my grandmother had a Olympic school. I also have a first cousin that is 11 months younger than I am. I baptized him as many times as I get my hands on him. But you see, it didn't have anything to do with his salvation. Because you left out the faith part. You left out that when I do this, God acts. God changes things. It's been that way since the beginning in Acts chapter 2. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's a faith thing. You can't grab the spirit and put him into your life. It's a faith thing that happens when you obey God. It's always been a faith thing. Things we can't accomplish, but we serve a God that can. So Abraham had an offspring even when, well, we'll do this thing, sort of practice for Mary and make the baby inside of her. No, they continued. It was a husband-wife thing. That's faith. You want to be united to Christ? Can't do it by yourself. It's a faith thing. And we have the water in back of us. And if you've never done this, trust him. He'll change your life for the better. And if you've once done that and you're no longer living for him who died for you, won't you come? Why together we stand while we sing.
Thank you, Mike. We appreciate each of you being here this morning. Uh, before we close, I have a few announcements and reminders. First of all, the senior adult group will be attending the Warbird Museum on Thursday, March 24th. Tickets for that are $20. Along with that, they will be having lunch at the Third Culture Kitchen. If you would like to go, please sign up today. Sue needs some uh, account so she can make arrangements for those. Lois Cox will be moving on Sunday, March 27th, and she needs some help. Uh, if you can help Lois move a week from Sunday, please see her and let her know that you can help. Uh, we will be uh, bagging bread today after the morning worship in preparation for the food pantry. Uh, if you can help with that, please go ahead in the back when we finish in here. And I have an update on some of our sick. Isaac White has been having some problems with the circulation in his leg for some time. He's going to be having surgery on March 21st to try to repair that. Uh, amputation is also a possibility, so uh, it's a very serious matter. Please pray for Isaac as well as his wife, Karen. Rita Smith is continuing to improve after her surgery on her leg. Please continue to pray for her. And Beverly Don Seal asked us to pray for her son. Her son has internal bleeding. Uh, they will be doing an endoscopy very soon to try to diagnose the problem. Obviously, they're all very concerned about that, so please pray for Beverly's son. And I have a card to read. Hello, just a note to let you know we are still here. Hope to make church Sunday. Our walking is very slow and our breathing is too. But we are so very blessed to have three daughters, sons-in-laws, and grandchildren that take such good care of us. We need your prayers for our granddaughter, Amy Lockwood. She is 36, lives in Scranton, Pennsylvania with her husband and five-year-old son. She has leukemia, just diagnosed. She is in the hospital in Philadelphia taking chemo every day. She is doing good so far. Amy is Christy and Scott's oldest daughter. We miss and love you, everybody. Hope to see you all soon. Glenda Massey. Please honor those prayer requests and hope to see you this evening. Thank you. Our closing song will be Love Lifted Me. Shall we stand? I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. Very deeply stained within, sinking to Christ the Lord. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me, now safe and mine. Oh!
bow with me, please. To our kind and our gracious Heavenly Father, we bow our heads in thanks and privilege of this opportunity to gather together as a congregation of your people, to be able to worship you, to be able to remember the death and burial, and especially the rising of thy son Jesus, to be able to sing songs of praise and to be able to open your word, gain knowledge from it. Indeed, these are privileges. As we depart, Father, we, we ask that you would help us remain steadfast. Help us remain steadfast, understanding the love and the great love that you have for each of us. Help us remain steadfast, Father, for the, for the power of Jesus, thy son, and his sacrifice and his blood. Help us to remain steadfast, Father, in the guidance of Thy Holy Spirit in our lives. Help us to stand fast, Father, and help us grow in our faith as we depart, as we go forth this week. Let us be good servants of Thine. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>